Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, at Real Chris Platty on all the social medias. And returning to the podcast for the first time in what feels like a long time, my guy, Kenneth Inch of Dead End Hip Hop. You know him, you know his content, you know all the work they do at Dead End, at Dead End Hip Hop and Dead End Sports across various platforms. Ken, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm, I'm doing great, man. Uh, just, you know, busy working as usual. But uh, outside of that, man, everything's good. Awesome, awesome. So I'm really excited for the topic that I have uh, with you today because this is one that I think you're going to be able to provide great insight for myself and for, and for the listeners of this podcast. Um, so, the, so this kind of started when I was just thinking about when I was doing my end-of-the-year rankings and, you know, there was so much uh, talk about Daytona and Victory Lap as being like the albums of the year. And there was kind of like this discussion of are they classics or are they just really great albums? And that got me <laughs> to start to think about class about the idea of classic albums in hip hop. So I started to immediately text a lot of my friends and and people I know in the in the hip hop media and say, hey, you know, what, in your opinion, is the last universal classic hip hop album? And the consensus was to Pimp a Butterfly, which was in 2015. And I would I would personally argue 444 just because of not only the quality of it, but the fact of it just being a whole different um, a whole different content uh, than than most other rap albums like like this adult rap, uh, if you want to call it that. People are calling it that. You know, this more mature rap that Jay Z had and the content that he had about family and about and about uh, you know just investing in all sorts of all sorts of uh, more adult content that than what what's normally on hip hop albums. I would argue that that kind of created um, that that kind of had a very huge impact on the culture. But nonetheless, the 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 consensus I came with was "To Pimp a Butterfly" in 2015 was the last universally classic considered album, and this got me to start to think because I I started to I started to wonder immediately. My first thought was was the wondering of if how if time plays into a factor or is it or is it streaming in any way. So I just started to look up for kicks and giggles, and of course Spotify was launched in two thousand eight, but it wasn't what streaming is now. It kind of it kind of evolved with the times. Apple Music and Title both launched in twenty fifteen, the same year as To Pimp a Butterfly, actually months after and months in between each other. Both those uh, streaming platforms were launched. And those are now the three biggest streaming platforms in the game. And each year we've seen, through all the global music reports, we've seen the numbers of streaming go up and up and up. And now they've actually, as of twenty eight, as of two thousand seventeen, actually they've overtaken the uh, the number one spot for for uh, revenue in music. And it's still growing and wow. still projected to grow. So this got me to think, you know, streaming is obviously such a large has such a large impact on the music industry is streaming potentially what's causing um, the lack of classics. Because I looked back year after year, I went through every year and kind of just wrote down what were considered the universal classics. And hip-hop averaged one to two classic albums per year, which to have zero in three years was very, very surprising to me. So I guess the the, the way I want to start with it, and which is why I believe you're perfect uh, for this podcast, 
is um, the big thing about time. Time something I think we're going to keep coming back to in this podcast. So uh, kind of take me, take me through the process of determining a classic hip-hop album back in your day. I don't mean to date you, I'm sorry, but... Uh, I just feel oh, it's like it's it's a it's it was a much different world from everybody that I've spoke to, um, as far as as far as like determining a classic hip hop. So kind of take me back in the day of you know growing up, how how a classic hip hop album was determined. Well, I, and I think that's like really the biggest difference between then and now, um, is that we kind of didn't use the word classic like we just enjoyed the albums and played them for for what what they were um so albums were either great or good and you know rarely do did we ever really use those descriptive terms we were just like oh man you got to hear this shit <laughs> and, you know and and that was kind of that was really much pretty much it. it was just people talking about the albums that you know were out you know when i was growing up um so it was more about sharing the music and listening to the music um, together and um, solo. And when I say together, a lot of that had to do with when you're hanging out with your friends and you're going to clubs or you're going out or you're going to some girl's house and everybody's just kind of kicking it. Um, If you're playing club uh, cards you know, at, at the college dorm or, you know, over one of your boys' house. Um, you have music playing in the background and you'll typically play the stuff that was hot. And that could be a combination of underground stuff or stuff that was on the mainstream. Now, toward the latter part of the 90s, people started to to venture more towards the stuff that was on the radio. Um, because I think people sort of started to kind of get away from, um, like, the so-called underground scene or that that hip-hop scene. Of course, hip-hop became more popular. But we never really tossed around the terms classic or anything like that. Um, it was just albums that we really, really liked that we would make a dub for somebody and give it to them or they would go out and buy their own, their own album. Yeah, that's interesting. And you raised a lot of points that I want to get to. But first, let's take a quick break. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. One of the, one of the people I reached out to, um, Spike of, of On Deck TV Hip Hop Podcast, who's, who's been on the podcast a couple of times, a great guy. So shout out to you, Spike. Um, I, I texted him about this and, you know, and, and he's a, he's a bit older than me. So he had this, he had this perspective and I wanted to share, share it with you to see kind of how it matches up with you, with your perspective. So he said, from what I remember, it was the anticipation of the album that added to the classic lure. We would read the source and artists would do promo prior to the album coming out, as opposed to now they do it mostly after. So if the buzz was high around the album, you listen to it more closely to see if the critics got it right. I specifically remember Clem and I getting five mics in the source at least two weeks prior to its release. Then after a month of anticipation and two months of taking it in at around the 90 day mark, the streets would start to consider and talk about classics. So do you feel like that whole like 90 day period, that that's what stuck out to me with was the kind of like the 90 day period where now, you know, we're in, we're in, as you know, this as a music, as a fellow music reviewer, you know, it's, it's every album, every week, you know, you're getting asked to review it. So, I, so it's a lot harder to have that 90 day mark. Does that kind of sound about right when you're trying to take an album to see if it's classic? Um, I kind of disagree with him a little bit. Um, I understand what, what he's talking about when, when he's saying that we would, read the source and there would be this hype and this buzz building about the album and more than likely that's probably his experience mm-hmm. and his uh his homie's experience for me it was i would read it after the fact so if i buy an album or i hear about an album in the streets then i would play it and then go read the source afterwards or whatever the review spot was afterwards. Um, I, do, I would definitely use the magazines as a means of finding other albums 
Mm-hmm. And of course, obviously the, the, the rating system will, will have an effect on that. But, um, but I don't necessarily know if, if like most of the time, man, it really was the streets, the streets would, you know, determine whether or not we would pick something up. Um, you know, rarely was, you know, I sitting around reading, like I would read all the magazines, but you know, most of the, my sourcing came from, you know, guys I hung out with or people in, in, in college or high school. Um, so I, 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 I see what he's saying. Like I said, I think that's, that's probably his experience and, and mine and the people that were around me was slightly different. But, um, but in, in regards to the 90 day period, I don't know. Cause I think after we get an album, after we talk about it for a while, we just continue to play it. And, you know, and, and, and that was pretty much it. Like, if if one of my boys get in the car, he would he would like, hey man, you know, put on that Nazi-O-Matic. You you got that? You know, he would ask, yo, you got that Elmatic? Yeah, man, I got it. Hey, put that in, and that would kind of be it. <laughs> like, right. You know, it would kind of stop stop there. Like, or we may talk about certain songs, but you know, it would it wouldn't be like, hey man, put in this this you know this tribe called Quest, man. You know, this shit is a classic. That wasn't really happening. So, and ninety days later. You know, we were just asked to listen to the album, and there were discussions going on, but not really on the level that um, that I think he's talking about. Okay. Um, so, so one of the things I kind of prefaced before I jumped into that quote was um, just being a fellow music reviewer. You and I both review albums. I'm curious on your take. Do you feel that you have enough time with each project to kind of, as far as as far as the the classic allure? So. Talk about like you know the albums that were you know considered to be potential classics, the Daytonas, the the Victory Laps this year. Do you think you had enough time to sit with them, or did you have to kind of double back and you know put it to the side for moments throughout the year? Nah, I mean, cause you know I, I think I've been doing it for so long, and just being a music fan, period. You kind of know, like mm-hmm. after a while, you kind of know to Pimp a Butterfly is is different. There's just something different about the album. But Victory Lab and Daytona, it's a it's a good hip hop album. Mm-hmm. There's nothing different about it. Like it would be an album you would recommend to people later on down the road, you know, as something that was of quality. But I don't think you would put it in the classic bucket um, because it just doesn't feel special. And and another example, like like Schoolboy Q's Blank Face, and that album is great. Like yes. I can listen to it from from you know all the way through right but as great as it is and as much as people talk about it in in, in such high regards i don't know if anybody would ever refer to it as a classic because i don't know if it had that 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 buzz or, or or that that special feeling to it or if it impacted a lot of people beyond the hip hop circles or if somebody would pull it out and be like hey man this is the album that you know that was the talk of what was it, 2017? 16, that, yeah. Six, wow, 16. Yeah. So, um, but that doesn't mean it wasn't a, a really, really great album. Um, so, you know, at, at having do, doing it for so long, like, you'll know if an album really is going to have any, any sticky to it. Okay. And I don't think those do. Okay, interesting. Yeah, that was one, that was my feeling as well that, um, that the whole time thing it it doesn't really factor into into my decision um because because of the fact that once it's out it's out and because of streaming it's always accessible so i can listen to daytona as much or as little as i want or victory lap as much or as little as i want or any album um so i don't think the time the time factor really um you know of course time is kind of important in determining a classic but i don't think that the streaming necessarily has affected has affected uh the the time factor of a of a classic hip-hop album but before we get to that a word from our sponsor whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclib 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you but one of the other issues i came up with is um or potential issues is that you know, now that hip hop has officially by the charts and the numbers in 2017, it's become the most, um, 
It's become the top genre in the country of the United States, it, and it is now more wide and diverse than ever, you know, excluding the mainstream. You have you have artists like Royce, Lil, excuse me, Lil Uzi, Childish Gambino, Drake, Kendrick, Cole, Young Thug, Future. All these artists are very unique and different. They have some similarities, but not many. So do you think... Do you think that hip hop itself is just is is too broad? You hear all these all these terms about um, subgenres of mumble rap and and things of that nature. So do you think that hip hop is just too broad to kind of have a universal classic now? No, I don't. I don't think is is too diverse. Um, you know, people need language to understand things, and and it helps them put certain things in a box um, so they can process. It. And I think. You know, words like uh, or descriptive terms like uh, mumble rap and experimental hip hop uh, helps them with that. I think it also helps them um, separate what they like versus what they dislike. And, you know, if, if people don't care for, you know, mumble rap, then, you know, they could put it in a bucket and be like, yeah, that's not really rap. That's you know that's that's mumble rap we don't count that it's kind of like back in the day what what they what we used to do um with um underground and mainstream and when there there started to be that divide between the two like it, you know it always used to be called hip hop and then after a while um when when the music became more and more commercial uh the the underground hip hop heads or the hip hop heads didn't want to claim music like uh young mc or uh mc hammer or vanilla ice so um so that that's that's what i think that is but i don't think that i have an impact on whether or not an album would be considered a classic because i don't think it's gonna you know it's it's watering down hip-hop to that degree right right i agree i think that these categories um help kind of context contextualize things and you know, maybe they evolve into official official subgenres as hip hop continues to grow because it is such a young genre. Let's take a quick break and we'll be back with some more strictly hip hop classic album talk. With there being so much content put out so rapidly now, every week we talked about how there's a new album that we that we're almost kind of we have to listen to as media members. Um, do you think that artists are motivated to put quantity over quality? Because that's what a lot of people hit me with the feedback as to why there's not really many classic albums anymore is because a lot of artists are more motivated to put out quantity over quality. Do you think this is t true? I think they misread it. I, I think that, you know, from, from my, my observations, you know, is, is this. There was a, a, a point in time where there was a lot of quantity, meaning that you have one rapper, let's take Currency, who's still doing it, who will put out more than one album in a year. But you'll have another rapper that'll put out an album in, the, in a year and maybe uh, the year after. So it's almost like I don't think it's, it's them putting out a lot of quantity. I think the volume of rappers in general has increased, which is given the perception that all the rappers are doing is putting out, you know, album or mixtape after mixtape after mixtape. And I've seen the release of albums slowed down over the last couple of years but our way of thinking hasn't really caught up with what's currently happening so you'll still have an artist or two like i think davies put out like two or three projects yeah. last year but um and you know like i mentioned currency but is freddie gibbs is he putting out a lot of work like that not really um you know uh schoolboy q hasn't put out an album in two years kendrick has been off the map for a while J. Cole comes and goes. You know, it took a minute for Jid to drop another album. But we have all of these rappers that we're, we like and that we're so used to hearing, but then there's all these other rappers that's putting out stuff. Um, like, you may get a, a NBA young boy that's going to put out multiple projects in a year. Um, maybe Lil Baby, I guess. Mm -hmm. But outside of those, I, I don't see a lot of rappers putting out stuff the way they did um a couple of years ago right and and i and i agree with that statement um because 
you know, at, at first I kind of thought maybe there's some truth to it that, you know, that streaming is kind of um, is kind of just forcing people because there's so many artists out there that maybe artists are just trying to put out as much content as possible to keep their name because maybe, you know, attention spans are shorter with all the with all the music being consumed. But the more I thought about it, you look at the biggest acts in the game, um, Kendrick and Cole, you mentioned, those are two artists that have each time taken two years off or may, or even sometimes more than two years off in between in between albums in between releases and drake um the other top dog he's releasing he's releasing one a year but it's about one and a year and a half or so and so you know he's but but you go back to jay-z and jay-z did that this the whole six albums six summers thing like this has been something that's been in hip-hop for a while artists have always dropped at different paces that's too that's to each their own, and so I don't think that I don't think that streaming is necessarily changing um, changing the quality of music because I think that's always just up to the artist, right? Sometimes the artist is inspired and makes a great album. Sometimes they're not inspired, or sometimes they're you know in a bad contract situation. They're just trying to get out. There's a, a whole bunch of um, factors that play into it, and I don't think that streaming is necessarily a a, a factor that's forcing artists to put out more music. I think establishing acts, like you said, you know, little uh, little baby, um, you know, gonna like all these all these artists that are just re recently popping off Juice World. These are all artists that um, are just getting on the map. So we'll see where they're we'll see where they go. Are they going to continue to release three projects a year, or are they going to slow down? You know, um, so that that's something that I think we'll, we'll tell over time. But if you look at the acts that have been around since before the streaming era, not really much has changed in their approach. Good Kid, Mad City to, to Pimp a Butterfly was a two and a half year break. And then to Pimp a Butterfly to Damn was was just about two years. So that that's still on par. 2014 Forest Hills Drive was was about two years after uh, two years before um, what's for your eyes only. And then for your eyes only two years after that is um, is KOD. So to me, it's always been just artists artists doing their own thing at their own time, right? Yeah, I mean, look at Young Thug. Young Thug, when he was on the come up, he used to drop album after album after album. Now that he's uh, pretty much on now, you know, you rarely hear from the guy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. You know, he's he's another one that started out with that that heavy release schedule, and then he he slowed down um, a, a lot once he became more popular. So, and you know that that formula works, especially for artists like um, NBA YoungBoy that puts out music that you know don't really have the quality that that stands up. Like it's it's a fast food hip hop, so right. they have to continue to put stuff out there because they typically will have a song that becomes a song of the summer or the song of the club. And once that plays out, they have to replace it with something else. So they're in competition with other people that's, that's kind of in their lane and that's attacking that particular, um, at that particular area, which would be club music. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good point. That's a good point. And a lot of times they're not only pacing against other artists in that same realm, those type of artists, but also against, artists that are against themselves right because mm -hmm. once they have their hit you know joe bunnan famously talked about this once you have your first hit you're on the clock for your next your, for your next hit to prove you're not a one-hit wonder and so these artists in a lot of ways are competing against themselves ken before we get to our next point let's take a quick commercial break one of the things though i do think that could that could potentially uh make classic projects more more muddy to me is is just the, the 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 way projects have changed you know we talked about albums but now but now you know if you want to be grammatically correct you're using project because some artists will drop 20 song mixtape or or a or a five track ep or call it a five track album or call it a 20 track album and there's so much diversity i mean we've seen we've seen just comparing put daytona and victory lap i mean those are Daytona's seven tracks, 20 minutes, and, you know, and Nipsey Hussle is, you know, a more traditional album, which is, you know, which is around over an hour with uh, 14 tracks, but then you compare it to Drake, and Drake's was 25 tracks, almost near, nearly two hours, 
So I'm wondering the way albums have changed or projects have changed. Do you think that kind of affects the affects the classic, the the idea of a classic, or no? Mm, um, I don't know. I don't know. So you're saying if if we if we venture away from the longer albums or the albums with a lot of tracks and 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 reduce it down to seven or eight songs but they're long enough to count as an album will that have an impact on what's considered a classic yeah i mean i mean and not only that just how do you compare it because when i was breaking down my year-end list you know how do you compare scorpion to yay you know how do you compare those two albums that are totally different in 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 size you know is it I kind of go with with the idea of the hit ratio, you know, if the hit ratio bounces out, okay, so if you have seven tracks, you can't afford to have a fluke. Or if if you have 25 tracks, you can afford to have one or two misses, but if 23 of them are fire, that's a really great album, you know. So that that's kind of more what I'm getting what I'm getting at is do you, is do you think that um do you think that the difference in projects in the way projects are are made and, and released do you think that plays an effect into the the idea of a, of a classic or can a seven track song album be a classic if it's just that good or 25 be a classic album if it's just that good well the problem with more songs is that there there's more potential for misses mm-hmm. and if you have a shorter album uh, seven or eight songs then it has to be just right and one of the things that we tend to criticize artists for when we are reviewing an album is that eventually some of the songs will become filler and once we enter into the filler you know category then all of a sudden it reduces the quality of your album because not all, all, all of the songs aren't hitting anymore you're just giving us right. stuff to, to make us feel good. Like Scorpion would never be a classic because there's too many fillers on it. So right. you can't have uh, whatever that song, Kiki or whatever it was, or the one, the little reggae song that popped. I can't even remember the or name. Or the Ratchet the Happy Birthday one. Right. That one was terrible. <laughs> yeah, one, one song can't make an album a classic. You At, at that point, you just had one hit off the song. I mean, off, mm-hmm. the, off the album. Even if you have five, the problem is that you have... 20 other songs that are not as good as the five but if you have mm-hmm. the five only and they met the criteria to be counted as an album then then you got a classic like and if we go back to and this is going way back in the day you know <laughs> and i know the rules were, were sort of different but kind of blue had what uh five six songs on it it's a classic all day now the songs the the, the jazz tracks were long you know but but if we don't want to use that one, you know, we can look at um, Marvin Gaye's Here My Dear. I think they had around eight or nine, you know, songs on it. And that's a classic all day. But he didn't miss. Each song had a purpose and, mm-hmm. and fulfilled that purpose to a, to the highest degree. So to some people, going back to Daytona, that may very well be, a, you know, a classic to them personally because mm-hmm. they fuck with it so heavily. But the overall... The, the general reception of it is that it is, is not a classic because, it, again, it was kind of missing that it factor. So you, if you, if you want to have a classic album, you, you probably want to reduce it down to um, to around 10 or 12. And I think you could yeah. probably get away with 12, but 10 would be just right. That's the sweet spot. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I've always looked at the, the 10 to 12 to even like 14 kind of is also a number that kind of holds a special place to a lot of classic hip hop. I mean, you look at Illmatic, that's 10, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So, so I mean, to me, yeah, that, that doesn't really, although, although the, the way albums are being put out and projects are being put out is totally different um, and, and more diverse than ever. I don't think that that ruins the classic effect either, because I think that it's, that that you know again it's at the end of the day it's how many tracks are good versus how many are bad and then is this is the greatness enough um is the greatness consistent and great enough to make it a classic album 
the last thing the last thing I had, which you brought up with with Daytona perfectly, uh, perfect segue, was the idea of personal classics, and you know that's something that I've kind of sat with because because of you know streaming having so so much content um, accessible and also so much content being put out because hip hop is so popular, all these things that we talked about. Um, to me, streaming the streaming era has kind of almost become the personal classic era because you're allowed to create kind of a bubble. Like these are projects to me that I hold very near and dear to my heart that won't ever be considered classics, and that's Kyrie Chanel, Sun's Tirade, Dreaming Out Loud, uh, Layers, Book of Ryan, you know, and then and then I named some of the more potential classics like Four Four Four, Daytona, Victory Lap, and Damn, but. I mean, uh, th- those first couple albums, those are albums that no one's ever going to consider a universal classic or not many people will consider a classic. But because of the streaming era and you- you're allowed to kind of digest things at your own pace, at your own time, I think I think that 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 kind of makes it a personal uh, an era of personal classic albums. And just because of the diversity in hip hop, too, right, that we spoke on earlier. You know, I I really really struggle with this um, because you know I, I think when when hip hop um, introduced classic mm-hmm. into the 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 ethos into the you know it it became um, it made things difficult to really discuss music because everybody wants to have a classic or say something is a classic and the reason why i struggle with uh terms like or or phrases like um you know personally or in my opinion is because oftentimes it's because people get jumped on so much they use those as 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 force fields you know right as, as a way to deflect away criticism because it's hard to because it's subjective. Yeah. And and so who are who is anyone to tell anyone how they feel about something is is wrong. Right. But there is the like you said, the universal recognition of what an album is that will always be. And they are certified, they are signed off on by society as a whole. That so you as a person don't have to like it. But you can't deny that it's not a classic or an or an album that has been, you know, signed off on as a classic isn't a classic because it recognizes that you just don't like it. And we all have those. Right. So a prime example. So so what I would say or the way I look at it is that you can't say it's a classic. It's just an album you really, really love and mess with. Right. And I'll give you an example. Um, and and I, I and I haven't seen this in 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 a discussion yet, and I don't know if it will even be considered. But I'll give you two albums that I don't know would be considered a, a classic albums, but I really really love both of these albums. One is from the south, one is from the west coast. The first one is Eight Ball and MJG's coming out hard. That album is it's eight songs total, but it's freaking amazing, you know. And 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 it. And it's is is it, it's just hopefully one day it'll win a classic review because I would love to have the conversation about you know whether or not it's a classic or not. It was very impactful. It put Memphis on you know on the south on, on the map. You know they went on to become and do big things. Um, they have uh, signature hits from it. Um, it 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 caught fire by word of mouth. It was everything. But is it recognized as a classic by Hip hop, I don't think so. Um, but I really, really love it and wish it was. But I'm not gonna argue with hip hop and say that it's a classic just because I personally love the album. Right. The other one is Spice One's first album and maybe even his second album. Fucking like fantastic albums, and I encourage everybody to listen to them. And they may be classic classes regionally like on the West, because they have their own thing over there. But does hip-hop recognize them as classics, right? So, but I personally love them that 
that much, but I can't personally say it's it's a, it's a personal classic because you know it's it's just something that I have a high affection for. So, um, so yeah, man. Like I don't think you can take I don't think you can take an album that you personally deem a classic and throw it into the classic bucket. Bucket. That's mm-hmm. just not how it works. Right. Yeah, it's it's just it just you just you just can't do that. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right, exactly, and and I love the idea of the of the whole force field of of personal classic because that's exactly how I feel, you know, when I when I talk about these albums just um, uh, amongst other other great bodies of work, but I don't I don't bring them like I don't compare Kyrie Chanel to um, Life After Death, you know, I just I just don't do it. Like I understand. Those are two totally different out, uh, two totally different levels of quality of, of of music. As much as I love Kyrie Chanel by Dave East, like, and, and I would encourage everybody to listen to it. Like, I don't, I know for a fact it's not on that level, and the universe tells me it's not on that level. So there, there's always going to be a clear distinction. But before we move on, one last word from our sponsor. Kind of recapping our our whole conversation and 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 the, the idea that we've talked to of how streaming has impacted the classic album or if it has um what is what is your overall takeaway uh of what ways it impacted like has streaming impacted hip-hop or or the the idea of a classic album in hip-hop or is it just that we've had three years where we've had a bunch of good albums but nothing great and something will eventually and another classic will 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 come along soon and that we're due for a classic in 2019 you know, I, I had an answer, and then as I was thinking it through, preparing to answer, it, I had a, I had a thought like, because I was going to say no, and, and part of the reason why I was going to say no that streaming isn't affecting it is because that what streaming has done is that it allows everybody to go listen to an album without paying for it. And when we didn't have streaming, having to go to a store to spend close to twenty dollars, let's just say fifteen, to to spend fifteen dollars on an album, you had to know it was good. Yeah, and like because you don't get that money back with streaming. There's no risk, so. This actually has become a really, really good question. Um, because I think when you have to go break break off, when you have to go spend money on a project, I think it could contribute to it being a classic because there are so many people rushing to buy it, you know, at, at this one time, and people continue to buy that album over time. And because of that society is telling you that this album is worth your attention um with streaming though people could stop in say hi and leave right and 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 that's it so yeah i heard it you know i didn't like it but that stream counts towards the volume of plays for that artist which inflates the artist, the perception that the artist is popular, and it could also give this idea that this album, based on the number of streams it has, is a classic by the data, which isn't necessarily true, because you can have data and statistics say anything you want them to say, depending on what it is. So, man, wow. Uh <laughs> I, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm still going to say no, and I'm gonna say no for this reason. I still think you need, you need people, because you have the data. But what is the data telling you? So, once you have the the numbers, you have to then contextualize that the the numbers. So then you got to say, okay, so what are the review sites saying? What is Chris Platty saying? What, what is Dead and Hip Hop saying? What is Fantano saying? What is Luke James saying about these projects? And are they all, you know, on board with their feelings? You know, so is, is, is and are they in that range? Like we don't do ratings, but let's just say anywhere from eight to ten, you know. Mm-hmm. So are they still floating somewhere in that that eight to ten, maybe seven and a half? 
Um, and that's where I think Metacritic comes into play because it aggregates all of those sites together and say these sites say that this album is a great album. So then from there, where's the longevity of the album? What's the legacy of the album? And that's where time comes into play. And that's why you need time. You can hear To Pimp Butterfly say, man, there's something special about this album. You can see people talking about it. But five years later, is it still as special? Are people revisiting it still having that same feeling? So you still need the album to kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, marinate. You know, I don't know if that's the right word because <laughs> nothing right. marinates for five years. But you still need it to kind of sit. You need to yeah. sit and, and for a minute. And um, so, yeah, so I think it's, it's a combination of all those things. But, um, but yeah, I don't think people's... Uh, general interest in in what is popular will make it a classic and we can look at Drake's Kiki like everybody looked at it because it became a a, a viral sensation and that can happen yeah. with an album or, or an artist but what is the quality of the work that they're putting out and does that is it in line with what people are saying and you know if all of the things are in line then over time we'll know if it's going to be a classic or not yeah, well, you know, you you made a lot of great points there, Ken. Um, first off, I am honored to be thrown in the same sentence as you, Fantano, and Luke James. That means I'm doing something right. <laughs> um, but you brought up you brought up something very interesting. Your very first point was actually um, I I I had pulled up this text from from my friend Will Gill, fan of the show, friend of the show, Will Gill, and he he brought into into like exactly what you said about the idea of purchasing an album he said i think streaming is cloaking good albums and classic feel hip-hop is bigger than ever and more accessible than ever so when an album from a major artist drops and it meets slash passes expectation it feels bigger and more important because more of us are experiencing it together but before but before you uh you had to get an album you had to legit pay 15 to 30 dollars for it for an album so people would sit with their personal album collections longer because of the price point. Only truly special albums got the mass cop and the experience together because again, price point. And if you still had had um, and you still had to be in the know. If Nas dropped Godson today, I swear people would have uh, have the classic talk. And at minimum, people would be like, "OMG, this album's amazing." Mm-hmm. LOL, <laughs> because because there's so many publications writing think pieces and break and podcasts breaking down uh, breaking down lyrics. How do you not feel deeply connected to the music you're listening to? I'm using Godson as an example because when it dropped, I had to cop the physical. I swear I was the only dude in my town that was bumping Godson regularly. I lived in the hood, West Coast, but still. And reason and the reason Godson w- was mad quiet for everyone else uh, around me is everything was still word of mouth. It truly had to be special to have people uh, spend 20 bucks on an album. And mm-hmm. that speaks exactly to your point, that... Um, that that streaming allows the access and it allows everybody to jump in and you know before uh before you know like casual listeners are casual music listeners are streamers before there was there was people that just listened to the radio and there was people that bought albums and bought cds and you know read source reviews and all that and now that line is blurred because of social media and streaming everything is just all together right Mm -hmm. so like so like everybody has, so it feels like more people are participating, and so it's easy for mass hype to to cause effect, and and, and all these things are true. So I'm a hundred percent with you. I don't think streaming has necessarily changed uh, the idea of a universal classic in a big way. Maybe it's had some little effects because of the access and the and the quality and the and, and all the all these all these things uh, or the quantity I should say and all those things. But I don't think you're you're right. I don't think that that streaming has changed the idea of a universal classic and that I think those still exist and those and those always those always will and maybe, you know, as an as a as the genre gets old and not maybe now we're at a point where hip hop is getting older and it's been innovated so many times, it's just harder to innovate on that way and create a universal classic, right? Like I mean I don't I don't speak from experience with these other genres, but you know, you're somebody that listens to other genres. Do you think, do you think that the rate of kind of classic albums slowed down, generally speaking, for a genre as the genre aged? Ooh, yes. Um, 
R&B has no more classics. Um, That's a great point. Rock, I, for what I've seen, no. You know, um, indie and pop like that, I'm not in, in that space as much. I do check out other genres, but I don't follow the conversations around them. But, man, back in the day, R&B, you know, rock, all, all of that stuff, they had classic after classic after classics. And I, I see that less and less now, you know, from some of the conversations I see online. So, so no, I, I think it got to a point where, um, and I don't know if it's because hip hop became so popular and maybe because everybody did everything in that space, um, that it, it, you know, there was a, a inability to be creative, um, because you know that music is is somewhat formulaic. Um, with hip hop, you can do s- some of anything. Uh, you know, unless you're, um, I guess, Velvet Underground and guys like that. They were a little bit more experimental, and they created classic because they were able to venture outside of what was the norm. And you know, Pink Floyd. But you know, outside of guys like that, I don't see people really doing stuff like that anymore. And um, and I, I and I tend to look for those albums. I love checking for the best albums of. 2018 from genres outside of of hip-hop because i want to see what is other people talking about and what made these albums special um it takes me a while to get through them all but you know but what i've noticed is that after a while they don't come back up in conversation it's like best album of 2016 and then that's it you know yeah so um so yeah so and maybe hip-hop will go down that 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 same route i i don't know i hope not but it remains yeah it's it's interesting. Um, I think I think the conclusion I can draw from this is that um, you know no no classics in in three years means that hopefully we're we're due for a classic in twenty nineteen, right? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. But are we <laughs> going to continue to get them from the same guy? Like, where's the right? next guy? You know, and and it's just I, I I think the the thing that that I'm when you open the show is are people really considering Victory Lap and Daytona as classics? I've I've seen it tossed around in a lot of respected hip hop media platforms. Yeah, that's amazing. And I, I think I know, and I think to me that's just classic has become the new best album of the year. And and like I feel like I feel like people I feel like the universal classic didn't change. I feel like the concept of classic changed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it, yeah, absolutely. Like you know, it, it, it's what it's an adjective. Like you just use it yeah. to to. Yeah, it's just it's it's crazy, but I I do like that's that's actually would be uh, fun to change the year end list to top ten classics of two thousand eighteen. <laughs> right. Talk about pro- right pro- here here are the classics here are the top my top twenty five classics of two thousand nineteen. Oh, uh, propose that that'll be fun. <laughs> uh. All right, Kat, well, this has been a great, interesting conversation. This has been something that's really been gnawing at my brain for about a month now. So I'm, I'm glad to kind of have you uh, have you on this podcast to kind of talk and sort this out. And I'm excited to see what you, the listeners, think. So please uh, feel free to tag me in any of the social medias at Real Chris Platty to let me know your thoughts. Do you think that streaming has affected the classic album or the idea of a classic album in hip-hop? Or do you think that the idea or, or do you think that the classic the word classic itself has changed and it's been changed by by publications or what do you think what do you what do you think i want to know what the listeners think so tweet me at real chris platty um that's my most active social media platform and don't forget to use the hashtag strictly hip-hop ken thank you uh thank you for coming on the podcast man it's been great check out all of your content check out all of his content at dead end hip-hop ken do you got anything uh special you're working on that you want to promote um, you know, we're still doing the Is the Mike Still On podcast, so check that out. And then those are awesome, by the way. Oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't think I've told you. I don't think I've told you, but I I listen to those. Listen, I don't even watch The Walking Dead, but I I listen to your guys' thoughts on The Walking Dead because you, Mike Seatow, you guys just have so much fun discussing that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun, man. Um, it, you know, it allows us to kind of you know spread our wings a little bit, and um, so yeah, we're we're. Uh, there's actually we're gonna roll out new shows this year, um, uh, one or two video shows for Is the Mike Still On on YouTube, 
And uh, one new podcast is somewhat confirmed, and I'm still brainstorming the idea for another. Um, actually, brainstorming the idea for two, so it's going to be another hip hop podcast, but uh, we're not going to be on it. So, uh, so that mm-hmm. one's still in the development stages, um, and uh, and and that's it. But all of that, though, uh, the biggest thing that I'm working on that you're you are a part of is the Dead End Podcast Network. Um, so we're we're still uh, flushing all of that out, but the the tech part, behind the scenes part, is 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 done. And um, and we're gonna make the official announcement. Uh, you're probably in the in the coming weeks. So uh, and and this is gonna really, I, I think it's gonna be a, a big thing for, for us. And I'm just really all in on like audio right now. And um, and I've been working on this since 2015. So it's it's great to to see it finally uh, come to life. Awesome, man! I'm really, I'm really excited to 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 figure out everything that's coming and see what's happening next because you guys have grown every year. Oh, I wanted to ask, how's Dead End Gaming going? Oh man, that 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 is is going great. Um, we have a great team. It, it it's funny because the team, you know, of course, uh, for those of you that don't know, it started out with just me and B. B is very very passionate about gaming, just like FIFA was very very passionate about sports. And um and I like to give people outlets to to speak on what their passions are, and um and you kind of also see that with with Mike and and TV and movies too, but um. And you know, and, and modest as well. But yeah, yeah, Dead End Gaming started out with with me and B, and and you know, it, it's it played out like a movie. Like we added Mean Mugger, and then here come Granddad, and we just all had this this great chemistry. So we came together like like a super team, you know, out of like out of a comic book or something. Um, and you know, we started testing it on is the mice still on the response was was great, and we broke it off into its own thing. So, but the community that we're building is is outstanding man and and i really expect big things um from it this year and you know the 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 crew is i mean they're amazing man like they really are and they do a lot of the heavy lifting while i continue to work and build out all of the other stuff that that we're doing with dead end um so it's great awesome sounds like 2019 is going to be a big year i encourage all my listeners to check out all of the all of the dead end network content whether it be the the hip-hop youtube album reviews that i grew up on as a kid or the uh or you know that is the mic still on which i listen to every week um uh, and and you know now you got dead end gaming and you know, you got this other stuff that behind the scenes that I don't even know about yet, but I'm excited to see what what's next with that. So thank you, Ken. I appreciate you taking time out of what's clearly a busy schedule for you. Thank you for being on the podcast, man. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, man. I really enjoyed it.